0: I have a friend who used to write guidebooks for a living Lonely Planet, Rough Guide, all that kind of thing. And as a result, he has been pretty much everywhere, named somewhere in the world, and I almost guarantee that he's been there. And for 25 years or more, he has steadfastly maintained that of all the places he's been to, New Orleans was the best. And life being what it is, I'd never got round to going, though I'd always meant to. And then a few months back, I got invited to speak at a conference there. Whoopie doo. You can imagine how delighted I was to accept. And I don't think I'm alone in this, but COVID 19 has turned me into MrLastMinute.com. What's the point of making plans in advance if the goalposts are going to get shifted on you? You're better off doing things at short notice so as to leave less scope for disruption. And I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in this. Um, I rather think the same mentality is why global supply chains are so completely up the swanny, or at least part of the reason. And I don't think my approach is that cavalier or irresponsible. The government's own literature states that travel laws may change with little warning. Well, if that's the case, why plan ahead? Anyway, I was hoping the uh, US borders would open up to UK visitors with little warning, but no such luck and I was supposed to be going this week. So, a couple of weeks ago, I started to make plans. And though the US has said it is opening itself up to foreign visitors from early November, my speech was this week, so it was on the wrong side of the threshold. And currently, uh, it is, in inverted commas, not possible for most British nationals to enter the USA if they have been in the UK within the previous 14 days. And I didn't have the time to do what some fellow Brits I know have been doing, which is to go to Mexico <laughs> and spend two weeks there before crossing the border. I probably should have made time, but that's another story. Who doesn't want to go to Central America for a fortnight? Um, but my employer in New Orleans thought I might be able to, to attend if I get a business vi- visa. If you are travelling to the United States in connection with a speaking engagement, you may be eligible for a B1 visa. Says the US Embassy website. So I began the process of applying for one of those. And I've found with most things in life that when a body is competing for your custom, it will try to make your experience with them as good as possible. Where their service falls short, they will try to improve it. And this applies to everything from shopping to hospitality to entertainment and IT, websites and tech and so on. And where there is no competition for your custom, especially when the state is sole provider, no such dynamic exists. And so the user experience tends to be less pleasurable. Compare getting an appointment with a GP to getting a table at a restaurant. And this dynamic was especially at play with the US Embassy website. 90 minutes it advised me to put aside to file my application. Who's got 90 minutes to fill in a form? I'm a busy and important man. There was all the usual guff, uh, such as whether my intention in visiting the United States was to overthrow the government or commit acts of terrorism. I was tempted to say sole purpose of visit. Um, But my experience, admittedly limited, is these are not the kind of things that subversives declare up front. And there were all sorts of other questions it wanted to know where I went to university and what I read for a five-day business visa – that was 30 years ago. Nevertheless, it wanted to know the date I left. It wanted to know the date I got divorced. How the fuck am I supposed to remember that? It wanted to know all my social media profiles, my LinkedIn page, my Twitter and Facebook handles, my YouTube address. And I found that rather worrying, I must say, a big step in the Orwellian direction of China's social credit scores. Next, guess I, next step, I guess, is they'll want to know who your followers are as well. And time after time, the website just simply logged me out and I would have to go through the whole process of typing in my barcode number and copy and paste wasn't an option there, um, re-declaring that I'm from the United Kingdom, repeatedly having to drop to the bottom of the drop-down menu to find the United kingdom, kingdom, even though sometimes, mysteriously, the United Kingdom would disappear and you'd have to find England instead. So much so that I swore that if I ever become president of some new independent nation, I'm going to call it Ardvarkia. To save my citizens' time on drop-down menus, and whole pages I'd completed would have been lost. In fact, often the act of saving the page meant I was logged out of the site and I would have to start over. Finally, after three hours, I got to the end. And now to pay the $160 fee and book in an interview. Only then did the website inform me that the next available interview was not until May the twenty-fourth, twenty twenty-two, in seven months' time. Why, oh, why could they not have told me that at the beginning of the form-filling process? They tell you it's going to take 90 minutes. Why not tell you that too? It would have saved me a Morning's work and their website a load of bandwidth. No wonder we hate the bureaucrats. Stupid questions, no respect for your time and no competition from outside to force them to improve their practices. Who does one even complain to, or just notify, to tell them that someone isn't working on their site? Google would fix that in an instant. But the US, or any other government, nobody cares. It's enough to make you an anarchist. Meanwhile, that trip of a lifetime to New Orleans, that'll have to wait. And all those struggling jazz musicians will lose my custom and the custom of many others besides. Thank you very much for watching. I'll be back with another video very soon. In the meantime, please subscribe to my channel. Goodbye.